I am going out into the middle of nowhere to turn five acres of desert into a permaculture oasis. Please join me on my journey. I had a really interesting clairaudient message this morning. I woke up with a very clear and distinct feeling of, I can, I don't, it's, this is going to be just difficult to describe because of the nature of it, but I felt a small group of intelligence community consciousnesses, and it was like appreciative and warm. Um, I know that sounds weird, but that's what I felt. And it was sustained. It was very, it, it wasn't just a blip. It was like this very long sustained period of time after I woke up like several minutes long. And I was just laying there basking in it because it felt good. And it felt very familiar. It didn't feel like when I felt the consciousness of one of the Q team a couple times a couple years ago, uh, which don't ask me how I know. I just did. It's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if you experienced this, but for years I've experienced where I can feel someone's consciousness and the emotional content that there, that is part of that consciousness, a conscious awareness of me when someone's thinking about me. I don't know how to explain it other than to say that. So this is what it was. I had, I knew who it was. I always know exactly who it is. It's a character. It's a personality. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's like the feeling when someone walks into a room or joins you or you're talking to them on the phone or whatever. It's, it's that feeling of their mind and their emotions. So anyway, I felt that. And then I heard the word NLP. And then I heard you underestimate. So my sense was that so I recently bought a, it was actually yesterday, I bought a, an NLP um, certification course and I started going through it today. So that's interesting that I woke up and heard that. Someone said that to me in my ear and then they said, you underestimate. And I was kind of thinking that it had to do with the intelligence community, the plan, the good guys, you know, this like sort of um, global sting operation like that basically Q said is happening and anyone who wants to make fun of Q because they don't know what Q is and they've seen fake news media's portrayal and misdirection of like the very fringe wackadoos who took things that Q never said and just like ran with them and you know it's to make the movement look bad and to make us look stupid and like we don't know what we're talking about well that has nothing to do with Q I've actually met a few people in conversation that they, I, you know, I had to tell them that they didn't understand, they didn't know that, you know, and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can tell you for sure that, you know, like for instance, um, JFK, you know, is, is still alive or whatever, JFK Jr., I don't remember, but I had seen this thing where, you know, the mainstream media had shown this wackadoo who was out there with this huge flag, like waving it like his, like there was no tomorrow and it was something like JFK is still alive or whatever it was, JFK Jr., I don't really know which... I'm not, I'm not all caught up on the Kennedy stuff. It's not really too big of an interest of mine, although I'm not saying it's not relevant. 
Uh, I just haven't spent the time on it. But anyway, it was something like that. And if you've ever heard of Q, or they always call it QAnon, which is this made up thing, um, then you probably have heard of something like that. Well, the people I had, this had come up with in conversation, they were, they were just like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, that's something that Q literally never talked about, except for to answer a question that was given to them that, you know, is he still alive? And they were like, no. <laughs> so this whole idea that like, that's what Q, the Q, the Q movement or Q or like Anons or whatever. No, that's nothing to do with it. So anyway, it was a little bit of a tangent, but um, the, the sense that I got was that it was telling me that I'm under, I was underestimating the power of the plan or the power or the success or the effectiveness or the realness of like everything that Q brought forth in this awakening and that there is some sort of operation going on. And I mean, I'm sorry, but that jives completely with the actual research. There's a, there's a divide. There's a online. I see there's people who are out there just making statements. And then there are people who are actually showing research and you know, I've encountered some libtards to the point where I'm just like, I'm not going to do your homework for you. I, I'm not interested because they're just condescending and, you know, verbally at attacking and they just want an argument and they're being rude and they're not listening and they don't really want to discuss what's really going on. They just want to be able to fling their personal dissatisfaction with their lives at you or at anyone. So anyway, I was pretty fascinated by that this morning. I think there's, it's relevant. Um, I try to always understand what's being shared with me. Um, and so, you know, and I do find that it's meaningful. Um, so I'm, that's the feeling that I got from it. So that was really cool. And I just wanted to share it um, real quick. I just want to give a shout out. There is a new um, episode of the vlog or the video component to this podcast going up on YouTube either tonight or tomorrow morning. And um, if you are interested, this is something I've got, the, I've got, I've been asked this so many times, like, how do you do a swale? What's a swale? I have a guide you can download on my website. And this video will also show you me building one. So that's kind of exciting. So tune in to the podcast uh, the vlog, rather, if you want to see what I'm talking about on the podcast. Okay, two things that I think are really relevant and interesting I want to share. One is I discovered an interview this evening with somebody I mentioned in a previous recent episode. S.G. Anon is what he goes by. And I had said that I was um, not too sure yet about this source, whether he was legit or or not. I just wasn't sure I hadn't been exposed to enough of his material yet. And tonight's interview that I that I've, I'm still listening to, actually, I'm only about halfway, I'm less than halfway through it, has convinced me I'm definitely over the fence. I'm oh, I can see that he's absolutely straight up like a trustworthy reliable, decent, like honest and true source. It's pretty exciting to have found another one. And he's does his research. He's really good, I think. So I'm excited about that. And then the other thing that I think is almost even more exciting is for the past, I would say few weeks, I've been kind of just touching here and there on this thought 
like an alternative way of looking at, not an alternative way of looking at it, but actually an alternative interpretation in, in the sense that there might be something else going on than what we've been told or what seems like it's going on with regard to the border crisis. So if you don't know, um, the United States southern border is being just deluged. It's like millions of, of you know, unvetted individuals from all around the world have just been pouring in uh, since Biden took office and literally took it. He stole it. And um, the sort of lament has been, oh, God, oh, God, you know, it's an invasion. What are we going to do? Like, this is bad. And, um, but over the last few weeks, I've been kind of, I don't know, I just had this idea that what if actually they are being allowed to, to move across our border and move into this country so that they can be like corralled to like, you know, gathered up and dealt with, um, and it's like, I haven't really put a lot of time into that, but it's just been this like thought that I've been having on the periphery, like little, you know, like I've had little touches of this idea for the last few weeks and I never really bothered to take the time to look into it. I just kind of was toying with the idea because if you think about it, like if there is a plan that's active, if we are if this is a sting operation, you know, this global sting operation exists to take down this deep state that we do know exists. And if Q is still operational and if it wasn't just some psyop, which I don't think it was, um, then, you know, what are they doing about this border crisis? How, why is this being allowed? You know, um, how far are they going to let this kind of thing go before they finally do something, you know, is kind of the, the line of reasoning there, right? Um, if we have a team of good guys, well, why are they letting certain things happen? And I, it's like, so I guess I just, that's kind of where my logic kind of started to move in the direction of like, well, maybe there's a strategic side to this, um, that, you know, is not surface and it certainly would make sense. And then just the other day, I literally was like, you know, they have cell phones, Aren't, aren't they even being given cell phones in some cases? I think that was one of the stories or two of the stories that I had heard about where they're, you know, they're being flown around, they're being put in hotels and all this, and they're being given this stipend of taxpayer dollars. And it's all so infuriating and like ridiculous and nuts, you know, um, and looks like the bad guys are winning, you know, all this, um, just perpetrating this criminal, like he's just injustice against, you know, Americans. And, 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 and a lot of other people, not just Americans, but, you know, being an American, that's kind of where I'm, um, mainly, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm tuned into the, to what's going on here because, you know, I live here, but, um, so it's like, I thought the other day, I was like, you know, they have, they have cell phones, you know, they have communication devices. Well, the Patriot Act. So this is one thing that I thought was really interesting about Q is because when, so the morning of 9-11, I was woken up really like at 5.30 a.m. on the West Coast, which was 8.30 a.m. East Coast. That's when it was happening. That's when the planes hit. It woke me up and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I was walked by some force that's beyond me to the television, which I would never do. I never had. 
and haven't since walked to the television first thing in the morning ever. I was living with a boyfriend who had a TV in the living room. And I, I watched my hand go and turn that. I mean, it was like I was just at that point just a bystander at what was happening. I knew something was going on. Something weird was going on. And sure enough, turn the knob and the TV comes on and I see the second plane hit the building. And my first, I will never forget my thought. It was verbatim, fuck you, George Bush, you're not getting me. That's what I thought to myself. <laughs> I think I might have even said it out loud. Because I just, I had the, I think what I was given, I've thought about this a lot. Like, why, why me? Why was I woken up? Why, why was I guided to be, to be able to see this before, you know, uh, it, it surprised me and shocked me? Well, I think therein lies the answer. I was somehow given this ability to have this moment of quiet and peace and total silence to be able to, to think about, to be able to receive what had happened without any, um, distraction or overlay and so therefore i was able to have a clear response which was this is absolutely a psyop and you know it's a perpetration of a much higher there's much more going on than just oh it's a terrorist attack um but so the you know what did 9-11 accomplish for the deep state well they got to have the patriot act right the patriot act allowed them to surveil everybody um and all of that but one thing that Q had said was talking about how Edward Snowden was actually a traitor, I believe is the word that was used. Um, I don't know. It might have been a different word, but it was basically that, no, he wasn't actually a good guy by telling us all about this because he jeopardized a mission, a critical mission of the NSA. And this idea that like this, this, this perspective or this, um, what's the word? Like if you're looking at something that people don't want you to look at, well, it's like another facet to the Patriot Act was that all the deep state, you know, HRC, Barack Obama, all of those guys, they all had cell phones too. And so they were trackable too. Everything they were doing, all those emails that Hillary deleted and, you know, all the, all the comms in the video games that they were doing, you know, some of which Q shared with us where they were using video games. They were having, they were hiding some of their communications within video game chats and they got caught. And they got found and they were exposed. I mean, it's like, this is NSA surveillance that caught that, right? So that's really where I kind of put the dots together there, where if you look at all these people coming into our country, they are trackable, you know? I mean, so that's interesting. And then so going back to this interview I'm listening to tonight, where I've ascertained is at least to my satisfaction that this person SGNON is um, a worthy um, person to add to my sources. I really like listening to, he's just very good. Um, and he's talking about this exact thing in this interview. He literally goes into this in detail. He even says they have cell phones, they're trackable NSA. And I'm like, huh? So somebody else thinks that, you know, and I've never heard anybody else talk about that until this guy tonight. And this interview is, I believe, maybe a day or so old, right? I just didn't have a chance to listen to it till now. So that's something I think that's worthy of note. And um, Zombie Permaculture is the scariest book you'll ever read. 
I know that's saying a lot, but it's not only a revelation of what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, it's also true. You can't make this stuff up. Years of research, direct paranormal experience, have shown that not only does humanity need to know what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, but we're going to need the solution presented in zombie permaculture if we're going to survive it. Once it knows that we know, it's going to come harder and faster for us, and we're going to need to be prepared. Zombie permaculture will teach you what's wrong and how to fix it. It scared me so bad to do the research to corroborate my thesis. I stopped writing for a total of about four years, maybe even five. Trust me, this is not hype. The zombie apocalypse is real. turns out there's a beautiful solution. It's within our reach and it involves something that I've been doing my whole life. I know this because it's been shown to me through direct spiritual experience as well as the research I've done. And I can tell you that there is a solution. So after we look at the scary part, I'll show you the amazing, wonderful, exciting part. Humanity has been drugged through the mud for too long. It's time for us to stand up, rise up together, shake off this horrible weight that's been holding us like this down in the mud and step into our evolutionary journey with this earth in this beautiful infinite universe. Well, I find this fascinating. I just had a very long messenger thread. So um, the Patriot Act surveillance program uh, Prism has the data. <laughs> um, by the way, I also was, uh, my, this podcast was reported. So, and it was right after I was asked by somebody in a Facebook thread, uh, you know, what my, what my podcast was. And I just gave them the name of it. And the next day, uh, I think it was two days later, it was reported. And so one of my posts was, one of my episodes was, I think either removed or, or something. So that's um, pretty shitty of someone to do that. Um, but uh, anyway, so the thread, the message that I, uh, message conversation that I had today was with a woman I haven't met yet. She's lived at her a long time. Uh, she's part native and um, a Cherokee to be exact. And she um, has, was 
talking to me, um, explaining some of the things she's gone through out here. And I didn't ask. She just, it was just a conversation that I don't remember how it got started. I was just at the cafe working. Um, but I wasn't seeking, seeking it out and trying to talk to her about my, you know, the experiences I've had. Uh, I don't remember why she started talking to me today, but anyway, I was just trying to be supportive of her. And it was really interesting because, um, talking to her, shed a new light on my experiences out here she told me that the woman who fired me when I reported her volunteer for sending me hostile texts in the middle of the night and then the next time I went to work finding my work had been destroyed um, you know I mean I can only assume it was by her uh, for reporting that I was fired that's the reason I was given for being fired was you know that I had reported this um, so it's you know it's like pretty standard demonic um, conduct, it, you know, shoot the messenger, etc. And uh, it upset me a lot because I really liked that job and, you know, oh, the injustice of it all. Um, but this woman I was talking to today, she was sharing with me that the woman who fired me, my former boss, had actually followed her around all day in her van and then joined up with another vehicle on her way home from the town up north and tried to run her off the road and followed her the rest of the way back. And I was just kind of like, oh, so they're, they're, they'll take it to that length. And I guess they spread a rumor about her killing someone, which isn't true. So maybe that's why they feel justified in trying to kill her or something. It's just like totally next level nut jobness. And so she was just basically kind of exposing the underbellies of these people. And I think, you know, obviously your, your question in your mind is probably, well, like, did the woman who was, try, you know, they tried to run off the road, did she kill someone? I really highly doubt that. She just sounds like a very poor old woman with health issues living alone in the desert, but telling it like it is and trying to stay afloat under a barrage of attacks. And if I hadn't experienced it myself, I might not, you know, I don't know what I would think because I've experienced this kind of stuff my whole life. And everything she said rang absolutely true to my experience. Um, she did say that they actually practice witchcraft and I had, there's this annual dance they do. It's actually a pretty, um, I think it's an internationally famous dance. It's called the witch's dance. And I think a lot of places perform it. And, uh, you know, you can watch videos of it done by various groups all around the world, I think, uh, just on YouTube. And this year they were going to do it for Halloween and then they have this party and I did it last year and this year it was right after I got fired and I just had this bad feeling about that whole scene and I did not want to be around that um, for obvious reasons but I also one of my ex-boyfriends used to be a pastor and was very religious very sort of you know, I don't know, like kind of almost morally like over to the point where he was, it was like a de dementedness almost. Um, you know, he would always talk badly about everybody in town. Every single person he had something bad to say about. It was like he had a superiority complex and he would talk bad about his friends and stuff. But then when I broke up with him, he went right back to them. So I think, you know, he had some, some, 
ethical conduct type of issues, obviously, but not everything he said, I think, was uh, was wrong. I think he did have, from that religious background, probably he, ha- he probably didn't know how to deal with what he was was aware of, or you know, and he probably was really unhappy. But he defaulted back into the fold because he was more afraid of being alone than you know living a life free of of like people he really didn't respect, etc. That's the take I got. But he told me when I mentioned that I'd been invited to perform that dance that last year, he told me he did not support it and that he thought it was real witchcraft and that it was something demonic and yada yada. And I was thinking like, he just doesn't understand, you know, he's just, you know, it's just a fun thing, whatever. But we also did discuss the woman who had been, I guess, really obsessed with him. And granted, he had led her on without realizing it. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he just really, literally, some, you know, men, I think, in some ways, just don't understand what, the way women work and how we take things and that. Um, you know, and he told me about what had happened with this woman. And I was like, oh, well, of course she thought you liked her. Duh. I mean, oh, my God. You, you didn't. I, I get that you didn't mean to lead her on. But you, that's really, I could see where she thought you liked her. Because, yeah, so... Anyway, so she, I guess, was just vehemently against me as soon as she saw me with him because, you know, he was hers as far as she was concerned. And I think she might be a little mental. Uh, That's what I've been told and what I've kind of observed and just daggers of hatred. First time I ever saw her. I don't, I didn't know why at the time. I was just like, huh, okay. Her and her two other friends were just evil vibes toward, toward us when we showed up at a housewarming party. And I later found out why, but, uh. But I, but he was, he was, we, we talked about this. We thought I, I could feel it. I, and I could see there's, there were events occurring that were like, was, it really seemed to me like there was some witchcraft going on that they were like spell casting in particular her and maybe her girlfriends that she hangs out with. Like, um, there was even a photograph shown to me by the woman who defamed me with that other woman and two other women. Um, and, and she called that. She said, yeah, we're the shady bitches. And I was like, well, that's an interesting thing to call yourself. You know, I didn't say that, but I was, I was, that's what I thought. I was like, well, that's, why would you, I don't know. Like, why would anyone want to call themselves that? That's pretty negative and kind of, kind of shitty, but it turns out they are that way. Right. So, which I much, which I found out at the end of that summer. So I think that there is some witchcraft going on. This is uh, the, the, in particular, this is something that um, I, I forgot to mention um, in my conversation today with this other survivor she said that she saw them once she saw the the women doing that witches dance once in their true spirit their soul or their maybe not their soul um because i believe that the soul is uh, inherently of god and it's eternal but that but there was it can be taken over it can be uh harnessed and you know i mean obviously we're talking about the demonic here um but she said she saw them she like had a clairvoyant vision essentially is what she had. And she said that, I, I said, well, what did you see? And she said, oh, they weren't, they were not human. They were demons. And I said, well, that fits with my experience, you know? Um, so I think there's really bad things going on. And she also did say some things that I thought was, were really valuable in terms of get, helping me see a different perspective on this and get more context to what I've been put throughout here. Um, she said that there, uh, that most of the people that they have tried to take down out here are either dead 
or they are, they left. Um, and I was, you know, I did, I'm not scared because I already know, like, I mean, they, they don't, they know they can't ruin me in it. And, you know, and I had mentioned this before, they are going to continually try because that's what the dark, the demonic does when it encounters the light, you know, it's got to snuff it out. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to because I'm not reacting the way that they expected. And I'm extremely strong. Like I'm a, I'm a badass in the sense that I'm extremely strong. I have survived a lot in my life and I'm just a very strong individual. I, I'm aligned with God or the great spirit or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I'm not, I will never be swayed onto the dark side. There's just no fucking way. Like I walk in the light of God and I'm not perfect. I'm a human being. I make mistakes all the time. I have negative thoughts, of course, you know, but I'm just saying that like, I would never choose to be part of a clique of people that take pleasure in harming others and that live, live a lie. It's, it's like, no, why, why would I, I'm, I'm okay being alone. And she said this about the defamer chick, uh, that she was, she, she had seen her in tears because of how the, that click treats her cause they don't like her. And, um, she just did what she had to do to like be included cause she's more scared of being alone than anything else. And it's like, huh, that's funny because she had said something to the, the male defamer who started that defamation campaign by projecting what he had done to me onto me as if I had done it to him. Um, which is classic Nazi psychological projection. It's a demonic uh, tool. But anyway, um, she had said to him uh, something like, because she's alone and she was talking about me to him. And I I thought that I've never forgotten that because I thought it was almost as if some part of her was like attempting in a very small way to to like get him to lighten up on me a little bit or something. But of course she couldn't follow through. She just spread the lies and got me fired. Not, you know, everything that she's done. Um, so what today is, is really magnificent. And, and just in terms of seeing that other facet on this, this fucked up jewel, um, because it ties directly into my studies into the demonic. And I, I did, I started to say earlier and, and didn't follow and didn't finish um, this great, gift of having dated my most recent uh, ex-boyfriend who was absolutely the most dangerous toxic person I've ever I mean I've ever I've never seen anything like him before I've seen variations and degrees but nothing like him he, he put me in the emergency room he's a scary dangerous person he's a the schizophrenia I think it's like the, the other the other side of him that's that I'm a, when he when he shifts, it's it's totally demonically possessed. <laughs> um, but anyway, he, he he it was a gift, and now I can see why I had like, like the lesson from it. You know, why did I have that experience? Well, I think that the lesson was so valuable, and that is, um, you know, understanding that the way they can never, so the, so I already knew this and I've studied this since, you know, a little bit more since this experience that the demonic's main fear is being exposed. I mean, we're looking at, if we're looking at the microcosm of a macrocosm, like what's going on internationally right now and in America, especially because of our constitution, you know, the demonic cabal, 
they are absolutely terrified of being exposed. And I know this because I watched um, Hillary Clinton get a fake jab. She had the cap on the needle and it right up, pressed up against her, her shoulder. And I watched uh, several other people do that too in that group. Um, so they were lying and they were really trying to not get caught. And they're, they're always talking about like, you know, trying to project onto Donald Trump, like, oh, the rule of law and no one's above the law when it's their, them that are actually committing the crimes and, and DJT is totally innocent, obviously. And, um, you know, so, uh, oh my gosh. So yeah, I, I was trying to advise this woman, like offer her at least, you know, maybe not advise her, but offer her, you know, the out or the option that like, you know, you the way to win is you don't have to confront them because she's very confrontational, I think, against them. That's what she was saying. And, you know, that's probably why they tried to kill her because, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we can't have this. But uh, is to not confront them or not try to, you know, sort of do anything to them because you'll be perceived as the one who's in the wrong. And, it, you know, it's like um, what happened to me, why I got fired, you know, because I spoke up they shoot the messenger um and i just tried to tell her like you they can't if they were to try to perpetrate something against you and it, you made that public like you recorded it on your phone or something like that which she said you didn't know how to do so i'm thinking i'm gonna try to help her figure this shit out because that's that's she's like yeah uh, the anyway um um but yeah they 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 cannot be exposed that's their biggest fear and it's just like the cabal. The Great Awakening is all about awakening the planetary population to what they're actually doing. It's just crimes against humanity upon crimes against humanity for hundreds of years, if not that, I, yeah, thousands of years, really. Um, and so they have a weakness. This is their Achilles heel. To expose them is, I mean, that's how you get them. It's like their kryptonite or whatever. So... Anyway, I just told her, I was like, you know, the power in the situation is really in her hands because their hands are tied. They can't, they cannot do something in public. They're hoping, and this is what I went through being fired. They're really hoping that you'll come out and say something against them or, you know, confront them in public, which would be, you know, cause then you just would look like this, you know, crazy asshole, whatever. And that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping to get a rise out of you. And that's what I'm trying to tell the Patriot community whenever I have a chance it's like, you know, so if you're listening to this and this, you've gone through something like this, or you are, basically it's the traumatization. That's what, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think that they, the cabal, the demonic um, puppets, whatever, human proxies, that's why they're perpetrating these, these crazy things. I've mentioned this before. They want to get a rise out of you. They want to cripple your connection to the divine. They want to cripple your connection to, you know, your fellow human, your fellow man, your fellow man and woman, whatever. So... It's the same kind of shit. It's on a, just a microcosm. So now that I understand there is a demonic cult out here, they've been infilt they've been sort of like impregnated or taken over, possessed, and they're they're operating and that's what they do and they've done horrific things to other people and um you know, and it explains why, you know, like the, the whole, just, it explains everything that I've been through out here. I literally everything I've gone, I went through everything that I've been through and I'm like, Oh wow. Yep. That fits exactly. And I would be honest about that if it didn't, but yeah, so I'm really fascinated that, that, uh, that I've had this conversation today and I did see two, a pair of roadrunners after this conversation as it was kind of winding up and I had to leave 
um, the Wi-Fi connection where I was um, able to connect. Um, and that is that the last time, the only other time I've seen that, a pair of them together, was right before my ex-boyfriend just turned into this. He started starting arguments with me and started making these false, empty accusations at me. And it started, that was the end, beginning of the end, where he, he flipped, he turned into his other personality and just became this toxic, aggressive, manipulative, you know, emotionally abusive thing. It wasn't who I fell in love with. So I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> it's not a, you know, and then of course Meta, they're like, you know, just sitting there sucking on the conversation and, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to share that. It's fascinating and interesting. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it will produce more um, creative um, expression of some kind. I think I already know that I want to add a chapter to one of the books I have in me on the uh, on this kind of demonic cult experience that I, I keep on brushing up against these this cult that exists in every town I've uh, lived in for, I don't know, since, I'd say since college, since my undergrad. Um, that was fairly magical in a lot of ways, but also there was, there was an element there. But ever since then, I've encountered it, and there's like that blood sacrifice shit and everything. So I'm really fascinated. This is totally interesting. So... Um, hopefully they don't take down this episode and report it. So if you're listening and you're reporting on this podcast, like get a fucking life of your own to ruin. I came across an article that I thought was really relevant and interesting. So, you know, this doom and gloom kind of, um, harnessing of our, awareness and our focus due to our unique ability to manifest reality if we can somehow manage to focus with emotion on what it is we would like there's a huge operation underway that I've just observed I mean I don't even have to really do any research on this it's just obvious to me media is you know corralling our attention and our focus and it's it's towards negative things you know keep us in fear of the world and our neighbors and it was much more overt during the the scandemic where they were like you know you need to just stand six feet apart and report on your neighbors I mean that was just like crazy but but in general there's this long-standing um, constant you know c conditioning and programming um, toward this negative outlook. And I just thought this was really interesting. The Daily Signal, John Stossel wrote this, and it was talking about how news, the news programs, you know, the corporations that are putting out these quote-unquote news programs, um, which is all just propaganda, uh, they're, they're trying to say like there's, oh, food insecurity, you know, and, and I think Biden was saying that, um, you know, people are suffering from food insecurity in America, like 24 million Americans or something like that. And, um, but there was a researcher at the Heritage Foundation into welfare policy, Rachel Sheffield, and she actually kind of clarified, well, food insecurity is not the same thing as hunger. It just means that they had to rely on cheaper foods uh, store brand alternatives or reduced variety. So basically what that's saying is that this alarm that the mainstream, that the cabal is trying to spread, it's not as bad as it sounds. Mm -hmm. 
something really amazing just happened to me. I read an article back in 1985 or something like that in a major newspaper. I was just at a boyfriend's house and I happened to pick it up. It was at his house. It blew my mind and shattered my reality. And it was reporting on something, showing proof of something that we had been basically uh, miseducated out of understanding or prevented from discovering. Um, and then subsequently, the article itself was actually taken down from the internet. It was un I couldn't find a copy of it for the life of me. I spent decades trying to find it. So I just found it. <laughs> I just found it. I finally found it. And what it proves is this is going to blow your freaking mind. And if it doesn't stop, rewind and listen to what I'm saying, it proves that the Earth's water cycle is open to space and that we are receiving house-sized chunks of water from space. Continually, we always have, we always will. It's, it's called cosmic rain, and it was proven by NASA in 19, looks like the article says actually 1987, or maybe it was from, the article was from 1997, I can't remember, but I read the article in 1985, I'm pretty sure. No, no, it would have been 1995. Anyway, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I found it. I got it. I printed it out. Um, and if you would like a copy of it, I would be happy to give that to you for free. And I am um, writing an ebook right now that I'll be offering on um, how to harness water with permaculture. And there'll be a copy of the full article in that book, um, courtesy of the Internet Archive. And uh, you could also find it through that as well. But I will be providing that because it is so amazing and it'll be fully cited and it'll be for educational and research purposes. But it was taken down from the Internet. Gee, I wonder why. Because and here's the significance of this. If, if you haven't, you know, because this is all suddenly that I'm dropping this on you. Um, the, the significance of this is that we were taught in textbooks in school, and I remember this very, very clearly, that the Earth's water cycle is closed. It was this loop, you know, and this is part of this whole thing they're trying to say with climate change and like this greenhouse effect and, you know, the water just evaporates and it condenses and evaporates and condenses. No, that's not true at all. The Earth's water cycle, we were receiving water from the cosmos, from space, and it's coming down into our atmosphere and entering our atmosphere and becoming part of our water cycle and rain and oceans and lakes and rivers and creeks and streams and ponds. <laughs> so that has huge ramifications um, because what is in the water and it doesn't even matter if there's nothing in the water, just the fact that it's, we have a, you know, and this is what I perceived when I was very young. I would have been, I think, nine or ten when I first felt the universe. I call it like, you know, if you know what, a, if you're a musician or you've ever heard of a wah wah pedal, it was like that. It felt like the universe was sort of like pressing into me and then pulsing. It was like this wah wah, this pulse in and out. And I realized that the universe, the whole entire cosmos of all creation, of all physical creation, and me, my being, my physical boundary were one they were the same membrane and there was this almost like it was breathing and it would breathe out into me and I would breathe out into it and I realized it was conscious and it was aware of me and it was benevolent and that was when I was like probably nine or ten years old so anyway the yeah so we're receiving water from space and I can finally prove it because I found the freaking article yeah and it's a NASA it was a NASA scientist who figured it out 
So, I mean, it's about as legit as they come. And you can have all these conspiracy theories about NASA if you want. Sure, fine, whatever. But that's probably why they took it down from the internet. So I am super excited. I have it. I'm going to provide it for you to check out so that you can do your research and see that I'm not some wackadoo in the desert making up shit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's super exciting. Cosmic Rain has been reacquired. All right, cool. Yay. What a great discovery. Wow. I was always hoping that this would happen and just praying and it finally did. It's been overcast and precipitating now for, I think, three or four, that's about three days in a row, maybe, uh, maybe four. And then it's, we have another about three days or four days, um, possibly another week of overcast um, weather predicted. And I got home, well, last night my power went out overnight, which isn't unusual. It happens pretty regularly and frequently and, and in no real pattern, but it, it, you know, it's happened many times to me. Um, and, and a lot of the times when it happens, I'll go out in the middle of the night and get it back on. But last night I just didn't because I knew that it's overcast and it probably wouldn't really, you know, it, the likelihood that it would stay on is not as high. Um, so I got it on this morning. I uh, had to go into town for a horseshoe tournament that I wanted to be part of. And came back uh, probably early afternoon and the power had gone out again. So I went out to the shed and I could see that the battery was down to one bar, which it's never been at really. And then the, yeah, the system was just not, it was like, you know, fibrillating. So I go out there, I think it actually wasn't fibrillating. That was this morning. It was just kind of like not on. So I went out there, I managed to get it restarted after several tries, which sometimes that happens using the app. Um, and this morning when I went to go do it, luckily it went on without the app because the phone had drained. My old phone, um, I replaced it because the battery wasn't holding a charge. And so if I'm not keeping it plugged in, it's basically draining the battery. And then this is the first time that actually the battery drained all the way when the power went down. And so luckily I did not need the app to get the power back on. So that was just luck. Um, but when I got home this afternoon, it looks to me like the system shows that it's charging the battery. It also sh shows a draw on the system for no reason I can tell because I actually unplugged from shore power. It might be that that's just a draw from having outlets. Maybe it's going into the outlets. I don't know, but I don't have anything plugged in to the solar system at all. It's just completely sitting there, hopefully charging. And even in overcast weather, it's completely gray. Like there's no sun, there's no patches of sun or blue sky. It's completely overcast and has been for days and it's going to be for another about a week, it looks like. And the, the solar panels are still, it looks like, receiving a charge or they're pulling in some solar energy. And as you know, you know, on an overcast day, you should still wear sunscreen, right? So there is some solar energy coming down even through the clouds. Thank God. So I've got the power shed. Basically, it looks like I've got it going again where it is charging. And unfortunately, while I was gone, it stopped because, you know, I, I don't know, it just goes out randomly, like I've told you, where there's no real <laughs> rhyme, no reason to why the power goes out all the time. But just a faulty system, I guess it was installed correctly, installed correctly. But anyway, so I went out and checked again after getting the generator running. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about was I tried my onboard gener generator and I have never used it. I did have my ex-boyfriend do an oil change for it, which is what the seller of the RV told me I needed to do. 
um, but I've never actually used it and I've never had to in two years, which is pretty great. But this is the first time we've had this overcast situation for this long in the two years I've been out here. So the onboard generator would not, would not run. It would turn on, it would start, but it would not catch and stay on. So I'm going to have a technician come and look at that and figure out what's going on with that because obviously that needs to be fixed and hopefully it can be because that would be one set of redundancy, right? One layer of redundancy, which I planned multiple layers. And if you're going to go boondock, which is, you know, permanently camp, permanent camping, essentially like living off grid, um, you do, you really should have redundancies in place if something fails you want to have you know this you can try you want to have that you can try and so far I've been totally covered with all the different redundancies that I brought with me um, or acquired soon after coming out here and I'm so glad that I have this external generator that I purchased it's around a $350 generator so it's not like super top of the line but it's a pretty decent generator uh, I think it's probably one of your 3000 watt type generators and I was able to get um, that filled up with gas. It had some in it, so I thought it was fine. But it, it, I looked at the little, you know, reading their little reader on the top, and you know, just added almost a full. Well, I'd say almost a, a half can of gas. I think I've got five gallon gas cans essentially. So you know, put about maybe three gallons in there. And I saw the little dial show that it's now full and then it, then it finally started. So that was, you know, why it wouldn't start at first. <laughs> Cause I'm thinking like, oh, <laughs> when, when the a third layer of redundancy fails, then what do you do, right? <laughs> Candles, no, I don't know. Um, but so I got that running, it's now running. You can probably hear it in the background. It's out on the porch, on the deck, just outside the front door. Cause I wanted it to be sheltered from the rain cause it has been raining coming and going and I don't know you know it's probably not great for the generator although it's probably not the end of the world for the generator I don't know but I'm out here you know the I had no power I had no way of communicating because my internet was out because the power was out right so I have the external generator running and it's going along and so I'm able to recharge my house battery in the RV from that. And I do have a backup can of gas. I do have about a half a tank in my car, so I can get to town to refill my gas cans. And what this teaches me, because I have those gas cans for, you know, basically, you know, a redundancy for if my gas tank in my car is low and I can't get to town because it's, you know, it rains and there's mud or whatever, right? So I think what I'm going to do is buy two gas cans, smaller ones, maybe three gallon gas cans that are easier to kind of wield just for the generator just to kind of have backup gas if I have to run that generator and I you know for some reason or another can't get to town luckily the roads are fine I went to town today after waiting a few days from all the rain we got and I was able to get to town just fine um, because my vehicle has a an issue with the way that the mechanic in town described it to me, and he's not a full mechanic, but he told me that it's got, there's some ball in your gas tank tube or whatever, where it should be stationary and mine has come loose. And therefore I have to sit there at the pump and like manually keep pressing the, keep squeezing the handle on the gas, you know, nozzle thingy off the pump so that I can fill it. And it just, it's so exhausting and annoying. It takes forever. Um, that I usually only will fill my tank 20 bucks at a time because I just about 20 bucks is when I'm just like I just want to like kill myself <laughs> so um, and I did ask the mechanic if he would fix that but he said it was this whole thing you need to take apart the car and all this and it's like oh okay well maybe I'll wait on that because I need the car 
So anyway, I'm just kind of living on redundancies at this point, and I'm basically it looks like I've got my you know my generator works. I kind of like bit the bullet, got over my like fear of the unknown, and just like tried what I thought was the right way to use the generator. And you know, to to his credit, that one weirdo that showed up at my property several months back and wanted to help me and was making kind of like these weird comments about me being pretty and all this and then was also kind of being condescending and I finally I finally just like got him to leave by basically saying something conceited that that he turned him off and and so he left um and uh but to his credit um he did show me how to use my generator which my actual ex-boyfriend never did and I had asked him if he would show me how because he was borrowing it all the time and I had never used it and I just had that like procrastination fear thing where I just had a block and I did you know like most things I've had that with it ends up being super simple and easy once I actually finally just get over the hump and do it but you know so I did learn he showed me it's real simple you just turn this turn that plug turn that on plug it in and I'm like oh okay so you know I, my fear kind of went away because I was like it is simple I'm not going to electrocute myself it's not going to explode you know knock on wood right but yeah so I got it going and I'm feeling um pretty good because I am able to have power you know um and you know keep the keep the furnace going keep the refrigerator on you know, hopefully um, recharge the RV house battery, which usually should last, uh, I'm not sure exactly, maybe a day, uh, maybe two days, I really don't know. But because the power was out all night last night and then most of today, and it started, my inverter started beeping, um, that tells me that maybe it's not more than a day. Um, but it also could be too that the power coming in from the panels hasn't been optimal I don't really know how any of that works but because it's been overcast like 100% overcast for days now so this should be interesting I think I see several trips to town in my near future to get more gas and um, you know let's go Brandon for trying to say that you can't use fossil fuels to heat your house and cook with because not only is it not based in science at all it's fucking cruel and inhumane so yeah, let's go Brandon. But anyway, <laughs> um, so here I am sitting out here in this, uh, we've got clouds that are actually covering, I think it's fog. I don't know what, you know, what's the difference really. It's all like, you know, moisture in the air. They're actually descending down over the mountaintops and they're covering the mountaintops. And it's a really interesting feeling because this used to be a sea, this used to be an ocean. And um, it really kind of has that feeling to it of, of, you know, water surrounding these, these, you know, normally, you know, these mountains that go up pretty high in the air. So anyway, that's it. You know, things are, things are interesting, but you know, I have these redundancies in place, so I'm okay. And, um, you know, if you try what I'm, what I'm trying, <laughs> just make sure you have some redundancies in place.